1: Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge.
0: Good morning. Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. This is the show that challenges you to make a difference. It's the show that motivates you to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond. For this one hour, I'm asking you to spend the time listening, thinking about how this information presented here today applies to you. Not your significant other, best friend, child, parent, or coworker. Just you. You are the only person you can really change. You are the only person you are responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. We are all busy. We lead very busy lives. And sometimes that makes us feel more alive. When we have lots to do, it feels like we're really doing something. And while busyness is doing something, sometimes it's just tasks, just obligations, just things that really distract us. And sometimes that makes it easy for us to forget about our goals or to lose our focus on the things that really matter. There's so much information out there that's available to us. It's easy to get overwhelmed and confused. It's easy for us to clutter our minds with all kinds of seemingly important stuff. But when it comes right down to it, are you taking for granted the people and the actions that are most important to you? Where are you spending your energy? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter, don't really make a difference? So this morning, our topic is challenges, but before we move into that, I want to talk about gratitude, because that's where we start from, is with a heart filled with gratitude. What does your day look like today? Now, it might be about the weather outside. Yes, it's another rainy day where I am, and I love rain and we had some incredible storms yesterday that just cleared the air and gave this vibrant feeling to the earth what a wonderful thing rain and of course the things i'm grateful for the people in my life and those little things i always talk about hot water because i really appreciate hot water but on a chilly morning i appreciate a great sweatshirt you know one that's warm and soft And just feels good to wear. And then, of course, there are my cats who will curl on my lap and keep me warm if it's a chilly morning. Now, I know they're self-seeking. I know it has nothing to do with me. But still, I appreciate those little things in my life. So what are the things that you are grateful for? Are you grateful that you woke up this morning on the right side of the ground? I am. I wonder if you're grateful for the challenges in your life. I wonder if you can recognize that the changes in your life come from the times that you've had a challenge. You know, every day we face some level of challenge. Whether it's getting everybody out of the house on time or a major crisis there are many layers to the challenges in our worlds. Now usually, it's pretty easy to move through the little ones. You know, sometimes we even give ourselves the luxury of a few moments of irritation. And then we move on to the next demand for our attention. Have you ever noticed that when you are really really busy, you often let go of irritations more easily because you simply don't have the time to waste on being irritated? Have you ever wondered why you have difficulty being so flexible at, on those ti- or at other times? That falls back to your perception again. How do you see the situation? What kind of interpretation are you putting on it? For most of us, it's the big challenges that put the little irritations into perspective. You know, when we're faced with a health crisis, either our own or someone we love, somehow the issue of who's parking in my parking place is no longer a problem. It's so trivial. We can use the little reminders around us to stay focused on what really matters. We don't need a really big challenge to help us stay focused. We can use the little reminders to train our brain to cope with challenges in a positive or constructive way. The little challenges are really just practice sessions for coping when the big challenges occur. We often miss the lesson. Challenges give us the chance to learn, to be flexible, to be accepting, to even be compassionate. But we have to recognize the opportunity. For most of us, we miss that chance. We forget that that's an opportunity to teach ourselves something. Maybe we don't know what it'll teach us so we don't jump in for the lesson. You know, our typical response to challenges, and a challenge is anything that throws us into a little bit of discomfort. But our typical response is either resistance or avoidance. Ever wonder why that is? We are hardwired to avoid discomfort. Probably has something to do with our still rather primitive response system in our brain. But most people focus on the discomfort and look for some way to get away from it. I know that might sound like, oh, I don't do that. I would never do that. But you do. Think about the last time you stubbed your toe. Your immediate response, of course, was designed to protect you from further injury. So your immediate response was you withdrew from the object that caused the pain. And for a little while, at least, you probably favored that toe until it stopped hurting. Well, in this case, that makes perfect sense. Because it functions to keep us from further injuring ourselves and also to allow our body time to respond with a little bit of inflammation there to further protect that area while the recovery occurs. That makes sense if you stub your toe, but what if the discomfort is emotional or mental? Sometimes again it does make sense for our brains to protect us from painful information and to allow us to gradually adjust or make sense of an event. So when there's some sudden crises a lot of times our brains do move into a mode of denial or shock, and both of those are specifically designed to protect us until we can adjust, until we can take in that information and cope with it on a more gradual basis. But what if it's something that would be better off being addressed? You know, like changing a habit that no longer works. I know you've got at least one. You know, some people grab a high-calorie, low-nutrient snack too many times in a day. Or sometimes sitting on the couch instead of exercising, you know, saying, I'll get to it later. I could go out for a walk this morning, but I've got this, and I have to do this, and pretty soon it's noon, and you're still not out the door. Okay. Okay. What about those kinds of habits? Really, should we be protecting ourselves from that discomfort? Should we avoid being a little uncomfortable? Probably not. So think about that for a minute. What is it that you're doing that you avoid doing because it's uncomfortable? Because it'll be difficult. You, you should yourself all the time. You tell yourself, I should do this, I should do that. So what is that should that you're not doing? Because the thought of doing it seems uncomfortable or even daunting. That's right. There's another reason that we avoid dressing some habit or concern. Overwhelm. Because it seems to be too much. But what's underneath overwhelm? Fear, you know the definition of fear? False expectations appearing real. A lot of times our fears are not based in reality. But here's what happens in fear. Fear changes our brain. Fear puts us into an emergency response mode. Fear cuts off the logical thinking part of our brain that we need for problem solving. And unfortunately, we get our fears reinforced every day if we allow ourselves to listen to any of the traditional news programs or the political rhetoric or read a newspaper. Be careful! What are you putting in your brain? Remember those mirror neurons we've talked about before? There are specific brain cells that reflect our environment, that reflect the beliefs, the actions, sometimes even the appearance of the people that we surround ourselves with. And on a greater scheme of things, fear prevents learning. I don't know if you know this, but there has been a scientific study measuring different areas of the brain based on Personality and also um, political sides. And people who have a larger amygdala, and I'll explain what that is that's the center of the brain that contains our emotions. The larger amygdala allows an individual to have a greater ability to perceive threat. So when the amygdala is working. We're not in the thinking, logical part of our brain. We're in the fear part of our brain. Now before the end of this show, I'm going to give you two secrets that will just blow fear out of the water. But first, we're going to talk about some other things in relation to challenges. We're going to talk about how to get our brains to use a challenge to learn. And I want to hear from you this morning. I wonder who's going to call in and talk to me about a habit that you're avoiding or a fear that has set up a challenge in your life. The listener call-in number is 866-472-5788. And I want to hear from you. I want to know about what challenges you're facing. Or you can send me an email at marybethlodge at gmail.com. We're about to take a little break, and after that break, I have a story to tell you, a story about learning and making use of a frustration to learn. This is Mary Beth Lodge, and you're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: You don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters.
0: Hello, welcome back. I promised you a story, and I have a story about a challenge. Now, this is kind of a silly story. It's a story about me, and I want to share it with you because it makes a great example for how to take a challenge and learn from it. Just a little less than a year ago, I found myself with some extra time on my hands, and you can imagine how exciting that was. I had been an instructor at a local university for the past 15 years, and with many universities. This one was also seeking ways to consolidate their efforts and reduce their costs. And so the classes that I taught were reassigned to an existing full-time instructor. And I had the blessing of extra time. I was really excited because I could finally take some classes and learn some skills that I had always wanted to develop. So I signed up for a class at my local woodworking shop because I wanted to learn how to replace woven cane in chairs. You know, that's the seats that um, chairs have that are they're woven together. Well, I was going for the simplest level possible, which is the pre-woven cane. It comes in a sheet. You just smack it on the chair. But I had no idea how to do that. So I set out to learn. I had a few books. I read them all. And I got my project chair all ready. I even had it prepared before I went to the class so that it was all ready for the application of the woven cane. Man, I was an eager beaver. I wanted to know everything. And when I got to the class, the instructor was already pretty shocked because I had the chair prepared already. And he asked how I knew to do that, so I told him about the books. Well, he looked it over, he complimented my work, and he started me off on the process of replacing the cane. And I could see he was counting on a quick class. There weren't very many of us. And He kind of looked around the room, and you could see him kind of calculating, thinking, okay, we're going to be out of here by noon. Well, he showed me what to do, and as I worked on my chair, something wasn't working right, but because I had no experience, I kept doing the same thing. I was pounding on the chair, only a little harder each time, and the more that I pounded, the more that it wasn't working. The more that I pounded, the more that it slipped until... I turned the chair over and I finally realized my chair had broken. I was so discouraged. I just wanted to cry. So we had a quick consultation with one of the woodworking experts who gave me instructions about how to repair the chair. And I'm sure that at that point the instructor expected me to leave. But I stayed. I knew that if I couldn't learn from my own chair, I could learn by watching and helping other students in the class. So I did that and I learned as much as I could and I took my chair home at the end of the day and I began the repair. And the next time that I set out to replace the cane, I discovered that I now had a wider groove and the material that I was given in the class would no longer work. kept popping out and I didn't have enough hands to hold it all in place until the glue dried. So not being sure of myself, I called the instructor, asked lots of questions about what to do next and off to the woodworking store. I went to get new material. When I got home, my young cat had decided that the seat of the chair felt really good on his claws. Yep, he shredded it all. So I had to remove the material and start again. And when I did, the chair broke again. Another repair. Finally, on the fourth try, I got everything to work together and the chair was finished. And I was so proud of myself. It was beautiful. Now, you can imagine how frustrating this process was and maybe you've had a similar experience when you were first learning something. I had an advantage though. You see, I've been teaching for a long time and I understand how the brain learns and how to deepen knowledge so that not only basic skill but talent is developed. And I knew that there were three important factors that made this frustrating experience the best opportunity possible to accelerate my talent in the class. See, I wasn't learning, looking to learn the skill. I didn't want just that. I want to be talented. I want to be really good at what I do. And so I knew that I had just been given the gift of a project that was teaching me all kinds of little nuances to this skill, to the craft. And now I'm going to share those three factors with you. I'm going to teach you how to use the classroom provided by the universe to accelerate your learning and develop your true talent in any area that you're passionate about. The first important factor is practice. Now we know that it takes about 10,000 hours of practice to be an expert regardless of talent, natural aptitude, or field of study. But it's not just any practice. It's not just repeating over and over. In his book, The Talent Code, Daniel Coyle describes the difference between mere repetition and a process that he calls deep practice. Coyle studied lots of different groups that seemed to produce an extraordinary amount of talented individuals, regardless of the sport or creative art. He went around the world looking at little pockets of talent development. You know, places that seem to produce world-class athletes at an inordinate rate, or world-class musicians. He went to all kinds of different places. It's a fascinating book. But what he found was the common theme among all of these pockets of talent development was the difference in their skill practice. There wasn't rote memorization or random repetitive drills but there was the specific reduction of practice to the essential movements of the game or activity. When soccer players develop talent, they become most talented by practicing not the game of soccer, but a game in a smaller space that requires a quick execution of the essential movements necessary in soccer. When a musician develops talent in an instrument, it's not in the repetition of the entire song from start to finish, but in taking the song apart into short elements and putting it back together in short pieces, weaving it together one element onto the next. Deep practice involves breaking down the activity to its essential elements, making mistakes, and correcting them so as to learn from those mistakes. See, just like my chair, I had to kind of break down into the essential elements of doing that chair. And because the chair broke, I had to go back and repeat that short element again. Deep practice is intentionally functioning at the edge of one's ability so as to make mistakes and learn from them. So, I'm going to ask you now, think of a situation that you find frustrating. Think of a situation that is a challenge for you right now. What situation do you have in your life that's offering you the opportunity for learning from your mistakes? Again, I want to hear from you. I wonder who's going to call in and talk to me. That number is 866-472-5788. What situation do you Do you keep repeating or reenacting hoping for a new outcome? Yeah, you've got at least one. Can you shift your attention in this situation or relationship to look for the classroom? Can you see past the circumstance and recognize the opportunity? As you're listening and you're allowing this information today to resonate with you, I wonder if you can begin to listen for the solution. Let the pieces fit together so that a new solution appears in front of you. You see, innate to this process is frustration. And frustration is the second important factor in accelerated learning and overcoming a challenge. Frustration causes the brain to change physically and in doing so to deepen the effect of the learning. The brain can't learn in fear. Absolutely not. Because fear blocks the thinking part of the brain, the logical part that solves problems. But the brain needs frustration for effective learning. Did you know that? That's right. We need frustration. The brain uses frustration in a very interesting way. See, frustration causes us to seek closure. Literally, frustration forces us to figure it out. The more frustrated we are, the more we struggle to make it make sense. Well, here's what's happening in the brain when we do that. As we are frustrated and trying to figure it out, it actually deepens the physiological structure called myelin in the brain. Now, you don't need to know much about myelin other than it's like an insulating cover for the nerve cells of the brain. Every nerve cell has to have some layer of myelin in order to work because myelin is what allows the electrical impulse to move from one cell to another. But here's the important part about myelin. The more myelin we have, the better we know something. The more myelin that covers a neuronal pathway, that's a group of nerve cells that talk to each other, the faster the electrical impulses travel from, from one nerve cell to another. So the faster that an electrical impulse moves along that pathway, the quicker that we find a solution related to that area of learning that's why when you first learn something you don't have much myelin on those nerve cells and it takes you a long time to figure it out but as you get better and better more knowledgeable more practiced more comfortable with the information you solve those problems quicker think about math I know not everybody likes math but it doesn't matter math is just practice and the more that you practice math the more that you practice figuring out the solutions to the way a math problem works, the faster and faster you get. That's true for anything that we study and learn about. So any challenge that we have that leads us to frustration actually leads us to developing more myelin in our brain. And by developing more myelin in our brain, it allows us to think more quickly. There's a website by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you know that name. Um, He's the author of Evolve Your Brain, which is the science of changing your mind. On his website, he shows us a video of neurons shifting, literally one nerve cell unwinding from another as we change our minds. The video is fabulous because it shows us in real time how quickly the brain can change. And the brain can change very quickly and does when we make changes to how we think. This is the important thing to understand because it means that as we learn our brain is capable of instantaneous physical changes that create new thoughts, new behaviors, and new skills. What's important here is that frustration accelerates this process. Now we're gonna go on a break And when we come back, I'm going to talk about how to use frustration to accelerate the process of learning. This is Mary Beth Lodge. You're listening to What Matters on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. Guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iRadioblog.com today, powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
1: Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success, drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: Thank you for joining me this morning. I had an email from Carol in Denver while we were on break. She's listening to the show and enjoying it. And also she mentions the Talent Code, and I know that she's read it. And so we're talking about information that does come from the Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. It's a fabulous book. We're talking about frustration and how frustration, especially frustration that comes from a challenge, is actually an opportunity for learning, an opportunity for us to change our brain, to deepen our learning, and actually to create talent. Isn't that incredible that we can create talent in anything that we're passionate about? Now, there is a way that there are exercises you can do that help you to learn something. Do you know, and there's an example of this in Daniel Coyle's book, but do you know that if you're trying to remember a list of items, whether it's your grocery list or some vocabulary list that you need, whatever, that you're better off writing down that list of words in an incomplete way. And by that I mean leave out half the letters. So that when you look at that, your brain has to fill in the blanks. I actually did this in, one of, in a class that I taught. I gave them lists of vocabulary words with the definitions but the words weren't all there. I left out letters, I sometimes left out entire words, and in order to take that quiz they had to fill in the blanks. What that did, I did it as a pre and a post test. You know, do, the, do it first, then go read the book. Do it again what that did was it left an opening. It left a place that the brain wanted to fill in. And so the brain was already attuned to look for certain words and definitions within the context of the textbook they were reading. The same thing is true for unfinished stories. You ever get aggravated when somebody starts to tell you a story and you get interrupted and later on you're thinking, I don't know how that ended or you're watching a TV show and you get interrupted and you don't get to watch the the last half of it and you're like I wonder how that ended and it stays with you longer because your brain is trying to put closure on it it's trying to put an end to it I have to be really careful about stuff like that because then I'll go to sleep at night and dream about it and my dreams will end the story in some way because my brain has a very strong need for closure but any event without closure you'll find your brain hangs on to longer That is one of the reasons why when something disturbs us, when we've had a conversation that we're unhappy with or a situation that occurred that felt unsettling to us, we tend to hold on to it longer because what our brain's trying to do is find closure. It's trying to put that to rest and it keeps replaying it because there's no closure. The unfortunate part is we will unconsciously continue to repeat events that we don't have closure on trying to gain closure and sometimes we have no idea that's why when you see people who um, repeat the same relationship over and over again you know they they get married they get divorced or they have a relationship they move in together they whatever they have that relationship and then the relationship ends and then they start a new relationship and it's like the same person in a different body you know, same issues, same everything, oftentimes that's a very unconscious way that the brain is trying to find closure on some event, uh, some early event, that they don't even remember anymore. Because the brain tries to find closure, the answers that you discover on your own are much more powerful than solutions that other people give you. That's why giving advice doesn't work. Telling someone what to do carries very little motivation and even less learning than a solution we come up with from our own mental efforts. So once again, we go back to that incomplete words or unfinished stories, those events that don't have closure. When we solve that problem, when we figure out the solution that's going to fit us just right, that makes more sense to us that's more motivating for us and we're more likely to follow through on that because it comes from within us and because our brains remember that myelin? as we've been learning from the mistake, figuring it out we're developing more myelin more nerve cells in our brain now i said that telling someone what to do carries very little motivation Well that leads us to the third factor that is crucial to learning developing talent and overcoming challenges and that's motivation unfortunately for us because we are hardwired to avoid discomfort sometimes the strongest motivation is often the motivation that results from a life-threatening challenge or a significant loss you see sometimes because it's uncomfortable to move towards something that we know we should do, or is good for us, or is the right thing to do. Sometimes it takes something even more uncomfortable to push us away from what's comfortable. Our passion can also be motivation. The thing that makes us feel most alive is often the key to accelerated learning. The challenges in our life are often the greatest blessing because we, could rec- we can receive from that challenge the motivation to move us out of that comfortable place, the mundane, the apathy, and rekindle our fire, our passion, our excitement for living. It gives us a sense of purpose, of usefulness and it allows us to make a difference. Isn't that what this is all about? How we make a difference in our own life, in the lives of the people around us, and in the lives of people we don't even know and will probably never meet. So the universe offers us many opportunities for change and learning through the many challenges of our day. The challenges of our lives all become opportunities to learn, to develop new passions, And to use this motivation to make significant and meaningful changes in our lives. So, when we're faced with a challenge, however overwhelming or minute, we can change our perception of it to one of gratitude. Now, we started out this morning with gratitude, and we're going to revisit gratitude. Do you see, when we welcome and embrace, the challenges in our lives, when we are grateful for those opportunities, then they become opportunities for us to learn. And really, sometimes the greatest difference that we make results from a place of a challenge, results from a painful moment. How many people do you know that as a result of a loss, a divorce, some dramatic, sometimes trauma, in their life, decide to use that as the springboard to do something totally different. How many people do you know that when they lose their job, rather than looking for the same thing again, decide, what do I really want to do? Especially if they were unhappy or feeling unfulfilled in that previous position. Sometimes it's a great opportunity to use that to propel themselves forward in a new way. So we can appreciate that opportunity to make a change or to refocus our energies. We can utilize the frustration to deepen and accelerate that change. And we can allow ourselves the luxury of making mistakes as we learn and learning from those mistakes. You know, just like my experience with the broken chair. While I was frustrated because this chair just wasn't working out, I also embraced that frustration. And I actually joked about it. That, you know, the chair was giving me the opportunity to make all of the mistakes at once. So I only had to do that on the first chair. And the next chair would be much easier. And that's been true. The next chair was easier when we embrace the frustration and take the opportunity to learn from our mistakes we can develop the skills and the talents that in the past we only dreamed of so what is that challenge for you what's the talent that you want to develop I asked you at the beginning to think about a situation that was frustrating or difficult for you can you see it now in a new way Can you see what opportunity that situation presents to you? Now, I did promise that I was going to tell you the two secrets for blasting fear out of the water so that you can view a challenge as a classroom, as an opportunity to learn, or to make a meaningful difference somewhere in your world. Now, before I tell you those two secrets, there is something that you have to be able to do. You have to be able to stay in your present experience or to call yourself back into the present moment when you discover your mind wandering off into fear. Can you do that? If you said yes, just stick with me. If you said no, I want to invite you to do a little experiment with me. Take your hand and place it very lightly on the back of your head. And now stroke the back of your head very gently, like stroking a kitten or a baby's cheek. And just become aware of only the sensation of stroking the back of your head. That's right. So, feel what your hair or the back of your head feels like to your fingers. And feel what the back of your head or your hair feels like as your fingers touch it. Do you know what you're doing? You're staying in the present moment. You're focusing only on that sensation and the sound of my voice, obviously. But you're allowing yourself to be present, to be aware. That's right, keep doing that for just a second, longer. That's right. Notice how that feels. This is a wonderful exercise for soothing yourself, by the way. People don't know what you're doing. They think you're just smoothing down your hair. It doesn't matter. As you are able to bring yourself into the present moment to be aware you can shift your thinking so having had that experience now pay attention i'm going to give you the first secret for eliminating fear who is your favorite cartoon character or comedian think about that character for just a moment and what is it about them that starts you laughing that's secret number one it is impossible to be in fear when you are laughing and I'm not talking about nervous laughter I'm talking about that great belly laugh that comes from your toes and just rocks through you try that on when you're laughing it is impossible to stay in fear So, notice how you feel as you think about that cartoon character or that comedian. Think about how it feels when you're laughing. Notice how light you feel? Perfect! Now look at your challenge again. What do you notice? Do you notice that you can see your challenge? In a new way see it as possible to get through it do you notice that it feels different to you now that's right now we're going to take one more short break and when we come back I'm going to give you the second secret to overcoming fear This is Mary Beth Lodge, and you are listening to What Matters on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters.
0: And welcome back. Okay, we've um, been talking about challenges and how to use challenges and the frustration of challenge to develop talent to see it as an opportunity to make a change and we've talked right before the break about fear and about the secret to overcoming fear or to using fear in a new way secret number one of course was laughter secret number two what is the opposite of the result of fear. Did I confuse you with that question? Of course I did. The result of fear is paralysis. It's inaction. When we are overwhelmed with something we tend not to do anything. When we're really afraid we tend to freeze. Again that goes back to our primitive response in our brain. It goes back to how we are designed for survival See, again, remember I talked about the amygdala, that middle part of the brain that contains our emotions? Well, the amygdala is engaged any time that we feel threatened. The amygdala takes over, and literally it sends out kind of a chemical blockade, a way that prevents the thinking logical part of the brain from even being accessed. So when we're truly in fear, we are operating purely at an emotional level and we do not think we do not um, logically problem-solve that's why when you're overwhelmed you just can't make sense of things you can't figure out or sort things out and so when you're overwhelmed of course you have to break down the task into little tiny steps that seem doable but the only way To overcome fear, to overcome overwhelm, is to take a step. That's right. So the opposite of inaction, of course, is action. Do something. It doesn't really matter what you do. Just do something. As you do something, your brain begins to access your logic again. It begins to access those wonderful myelin wrapped neuronal pathways that allow you to figure things out, to use previous experiences, to help you find a new direction, to use new information, to help you come to a new solution. Remember you can change your brain. You are in charge of your thoughts you're in charge of your perceptions you're in charge of where you direct your attention and when you focus on the steps towards the solution that fit you best you begin to see more possibilities see you don't have to know how it will all work out you don't sit at home waiting for all the lights to turn green before you go to the restaurant or to the store you just drive you get in your car and you start driving If there's a red light that slows you down, oh well, you wait it out and then you go on. So when you take a step forward towards a goal, you don't have to know how it's all going to work out. You don't have to see how everything will work together or fit together. You just have to see one step. You just have to take that one step even if it feels awkward, even if you're not sure what you're doing. You just have to take that one step. And it doesn't matter if that step is a mistake. We learn best from making mistakes. It strengthens the solution when we don't do it right the first time. And our brain will force us to figure it out if we allow ourselves the discomfort of a little frustration so now we come back around to avoidance if we will allow ourselves permission to tolerate a little discomfort to get where we want to go we can take great actions we can make incredible progress towards a goal that we have for ourselves we can find motivation, the excitement of moving towards something that we're passionate about. It takes a lot of energy to achieve a goal. It takes a lot of energy and we can find that energy by using our frustration in a positive way. We can find that energy by deciding that we want to make a difference by accessing our passions things that we find exciting and sometimes we don't even know what those are until we try things on. We've covered a lot of territory today and I want to thank my two emailers today, Carol from Denver and Bob. Thank you for sharing your information with me and and talking about the different challenges that we have We've talked about challenges and we've looked at shifting our brain from fear to opportunity to action. We've discovered how to make frustration an asset to learning and change. We've talked about using our passion as motivation. And now you know the two secrets to moving out of fear so that you can use your experience to strengthen your own brain. When you allow yourself the process of deep practice in any area of your life, it strengthens your knowledge not only in that area, but you can also then transfer that to other areas of your life. When you apply deep practice to the little challenges of your life, it actually gives you a boost when the big challenges come along. So your brain is already set up for looking for that opportunity, for looking about what to do next. So here's today's challenge. Do you have a talent you've been dreaming about developing? Have you had a recent challenge that has rocked your world? I wonder what would happen if you moved to a new perception of that challenge. I wonder what would happen if you were to allow yourself to use that frustration to create a deep learning in your brain for a new talent. I wonder what you might be doing a year from now. Who will you be? How will you turn today's challenge into something that makes a meaningful difference in your world and the lives of those around you? I want to thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. And I welcome you to come back next week and join us again. This has been Mary Beth Lodge. On Voice America Variety Channel. Make it a great day. You deserve it.
1: Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.